Hello, I'm Carol, and this is Sound News, broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. Please notice uh, there is no magazine this week. This production is for the week ending Saturday the 29th of April. On behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are the same in both papers and it is COVID-19 memorials planned considered. Now over to John who brings you our first story. Alma City, Bambridge and Craig Avonborough Council is to explore the possibility of erecting memorials for those who lost their lives during the COVID-19 pandemic in different locations across the borough. The issue was raised by SDLP Group Leader Thomas, uh, Councillor Thomas O'Hanlon at the Council's April monthly meeting on Monday. The AMA Councillor told the Chamber he had been contacted by families representing Memory Stones of Love, an organisation set up by bereaved families of COVID-19 to remember everyone lost during the pandemic. They have asked me if council can put benches and trees in various public parks, parks, commemorating those who died from COVID-19, he said. It would also be an acknowledgement to those families who lost a loved one during the time when there were restrictions and we couldn't have what we would call a normal or traditional Christian burial or funeral with neighbours, families and friends there. I think other local areas are leading on this. Belfast City Council and Lisburn and Castlereagh City Council have already followed this in terms of benches and trees throughout the area. And maybe in each four legacy areas, we could do the same. There could be one in Armagh, one in Bambridge and one in Craigavon. I am simply asking that officers take a look at this idea and bring a report to a future meeting of the council. Lord Mayor Councillor Paul Greenfield said he too had been contacted by families and told the chamber he was hopeful officers would be able to bring a report on the matter back for consideration in June. The Rota Chemist. Now be aware there is a public holiday this week and next week. So the Rota Chemist on the Sunday will be valid for the Monday as well in both weeks. Starting with Portadown. On Sunday the 30th and Monday, the chemist is Cherry Mount of Church Street, which is open from 11 till 12. From the Tuesday, the chemist is Boots of West Street, which is open until 7. There is no rota chemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lorgan residents can uh, collect prescribed medicines on Sunday and Monday when the chemist is Partridge of High Street, which is open from 7 till 8. From Tuesday, it's McKeagney and North Street, which is open until 7pm. Now, there is no rota chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday, and none in either town on a Saturday, and Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays on 
uh, Monday, which is the May Day holiday, and the following Monday, the 8th, which is the public holiday for the King's coronation. We begin with crime. Sinn Féin has called for a multi-agency approach to dealing with the illegal drugs trade and the misery it causes to communities in Upper Ban. The party said it had met senior police officers about tackling the illegal drugs trade and holding the peddlers of misery to account through the courts. Speaking after the meeting, Sinn Féin Upper Ban MLA O'Dowd said, I welcome the opportunity to again meet with senior PSNI officers to get an update on their work in tackling the, dealing, the dealers of illegal drugs in our society. There have been recent successes against the drug gangs with seizures of drugs, money and weapons. Mr O'Dowd said there had also been some convictions in the courts. I sought assurance from the police that this pressure on the peddlers of misery would be maintained and they gave those assurances, he added. However, policing alone will not end the scourge of illegal drugs and its impact on families and communities. There needs to be a multi-agency approach and in recent weeks we have seen the first steps towards agencies such as education, health and justice working together. The community is also more united than ever in its determination to face down these gangs. I am however concerned that the continued cuts to public spending will mean less support for frontline public services <coughs> and leave communities vulnerable to abuse from drug dealers. It is therefore more important than ever that resources, limited as they are, are directed to communities most in need to build on the good work to date. Ladders and hose rail stolen. Police are hunting for a robber who, who stole aluminum ladders and a hose rail from a garden, garden in Lurgan. A spokesperson said police are investigating the theft of a set of aluminum ladders and hose reel from a garden in the Thornley area of Lurgan. The items were taken between Sunday 16th April and Thursday 20th April. Did you see anything suspicious that may be linked to, to this incident? P please contact Lurgan PSNI and quote police reference number 9300. 2023. The heartbroken mother of 19-year-old Ben Gillis shared the devastating news of her son's death just days after a road crash near Rich Hill. Young Ben, a talented footballer, was involved in a single vehicle traffic collision on the Marlacou Road at Hamilton's Vaughan on Sunday April 16th. His mother, Lynn McClymonds, broke the news of her son's subsequent death last Wednesday, April 19th, writing on social media, this evening our beautiful son, Ben, passed away peacefully. As parents, we wish to thank everyone for their prayers, thoughts and messages over the past few days. As a family, we would appreciate our time and privacy this evening and tomorrow morning. Hanover Football Club, where Ben was a star player, said, It is with great sadness that we share with you the devastating news that Hanover player Ben Gillis sadly passed away yesterday evening. A great young lad who would be sorely missed by all at Hanover Football Club. 
We send our deepest sympathies and support to all Ben's family, friends and teammates. All footballing activities throughout all age groups at Hanover Football Club and Hanover Football Youth Academy have now been suspended in respect of Ben's passing, safe in the arms of Jesus. Ben, a former pupil at Tandragee High School, had been a talented footballer since childhood and also played for Loch Gaul in his youth. Police appealed for witnesses and information following the collision. Inspector Brown said police received a report of a road traffic accident at around 5.30pm involving a blue Mercedes A-Class. Officers attended the scene along with colleagues from the Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service and Northern Ireland Ambulance Service. Our investigation is now underway to establish the circumstances of the collision. We are appealing to anyone who was travelling in the area or who may have witnessed the collision or captured it on their dash cam to contact officers on 101, quoting reference 1423 of the 16th of the 4th, 23. Prosecutors failed in a high court bid on Tuesday to stop an alleged new IRA chief from getting out of prison to attend his son's confirmation. Shay Reynolds, 29, is currently in custody charged with directing terrorism following an MI5 surveillance operation against the dissident grouping. Despite a judge having already granted Reynolds compassionate bail to go to the church service in Lurgan, objections were raised at a further court hearing on, on Tuesday. Prosecution counsel claimed allowing a release, even for a period of hours, posed too great a risk of further terrorist religious offences. However, Defence Barrister Desmond Hutton KC disputed the fears expressed about his client being allowed out for the family event. The suggestion that some doomsday or Armageddon will result if he is out of prison for that four-hour window is unrealistic, he said. Reynolds of Belvedere Manor in Lurgan is further accused of membership of a proscribed organisation and conspiracy to possess Semtex explosives and firearms with intent to endanger life. The charges relate to his alleged attendance at a gathering near Omer, County Tyrone, in 2020. According to the prosecution, all of those present were at the highest excellence of the new IRA. In a separate case, Reynolds is awaiting trial on terrorist plot charges connected to the discovery of an improvised explosive device back in 2006. On Friday, the recorder for Belfast, Judge Patricia Smith, ruled that he could be temporarily released from custody for his son's confirmation. Back in her de decision at the High Court on Tuesday, Mr Justice Schofield agreed that any risks could be managed by imposing even stricter conditions. He said that, along with a £10,000 cash surety, Reynolds had to be accompanied at all times by two solicitors from his legal firm, Phoenix Law. Mr Justice Schofield added 
I will require that he sits within the first three rows of the church, within view of the fixed camera. I am also going to require that he sits between the two chaperones. The investigation into Natalie McNally's alleged killer, Stephen McCulloch's, is being looked at as a matter of high priority, a senior prosecutor has told the court. With several of Natalie's relatives sitting in the public gallery of Craigavon Magistrates Court on Friday, April the 21st, a senior prosecutor said there had been discussions with police about how the investigation would progress and a, a timescale for aspects of it. Obviously, it's a huge and complex investigation, she told District Judge Bertie Kelly, adding that the police say that being realistic, they could get a file to me by the end of the summer and I will endeavour to have cleared my desks so that I can start work on it immediately. Alleged killer McCulloch was not produced to the video link booth at Craigavon Manchester Court, where his case was briefly mentioned. McCulloch, from Woodland Gardens in Lisburn, is in custody, accused of the murder of 32-year-old mum-to-be Natalie McNally on the 18th of December last year. Miss McNally was 15 weeks pregnant with McCulloch's child when she was stabbed in her home at Silverwood Green in Lurgan on December the 18th. The district judge told the senior PPS lawyer that while she accepted the complexities of the investigation, she wanted a timetable of when the various reports would be received so that the court can deal with any slippage. She said it was her experience that slippage often occurred when it came what she described as scientific evidence, such as pathology, post-mortem, computer or mobile phone evidence, and the results could then lead to further examinations being required. The lawyer assured District Judge Kelly that these are being looked at as a matter of high priority, but also warned that our case prep department has a serious backlog and preparing a big file like this does take a number of weeks. Remanding McCulloch back into custody, District Judge Kelly put the case back to May the 19th, but asked the PPS to get a bit more information about what examinations were being conducted and when the results would be expected. Appeal follows assault. Police are seeking witnesses after reports of a domestic assault in Portadown. A spokesperson said police are investigating a report of a domestic assault which occurred within the vicinity of Open Street Portadown on Saturday, 22nd April at approximately 2.45 p.m. It involved a male wearing a green and white striped football top and a female wearing an orange coat. If anyone witnessed anything or has dash cam of the incident, please contact police on 101 reference 933 22nd 4th 23. A man diagnosed with schizophrenia allegedly bit his wife on the face after being asked to take his medication the High Court heard. Prosecutors claimed Taya Brassou, 27, of Hartfield Avenue in Portadown, inflicted a nasty wound to his wife's nose as part of two separate attacks. 
charged with two counts of assault, occasionally actually actual bodily harm on April the 14th and January 21st this year, Rasul was granted bail under conditions prohibiting him from going near the woman's current home. The court heard he allegedly launched a sudden and inexplicable attack after his pregnant wife asked him to take his medication. She claimed he bit her twice on the face and punched her to the jaw. It caused a nasty laceration to the complainant's nose, a crime lawyer submitted. Another relative at the family's home was said to have heard screaming and to have seen the alleged victim emerge with her face bleeding. She was treated in hospital, receiving a number of stitches for the wound. Rasul is also accused of carrying out a similar previous attack. The prosecutor added, he did not consent to giving dental impressions to rule him in or out from causing the injuries to his wife. Defence counsel said Rasul was diagnosed as suffering from schizophrenia earlier this year. He argued his client's current address was up to four miles away from a rural area where the alleged victim now lives. Granting bail, Lord Justice Tracy imposed an exclusion zone and banned Rasul from contacting his wife. If you don't abide by all of the conditions the court has imposed, you will go back into custody and stay there until this case is dealt with, he warned. Police are on the hunt for those responsible for the theft of a cattle crusher worth around £5,500. Pictured above is a Bateman Mark II Ambassador cattle crusher, like one stolen from Vin Valley in Moira. The cattle crusher was reported stolen on April the 12th at around 8.30pm. <coughs> a PSNI spokesperson said the vehicle believed to be involved in the theft was a white Ford Transit van. It was towing a twin-axle flatbed trailer. If you know of the whereabouts of this stolen item, the spokesperson said, or if you have any information that could assist the investigation, please call Prime Crime Stoppers on 101, quoting serial number 578 of the 13-423. A woman from Ahali has been banned from the roads after admitting to driving whilst unfit. Caroline Ann Watson, who is 60, whose address was given as Chapel Road, appeared before Lisburn Magistrates Court. The court heard that on November the 16th, 2022, at around 7pm, police received a report from an off-duty police officer who came across a driver in a vehicle which appeared to be crashed. When the police attended, they stated the defendant was unsteady on her feet and her speech was slurred. A breath test revealed a reading of 19 micrograms of alcohol per 100 ml of breath and a further breath test gave a reading of 28 micrograms of alcohol per 100 ml. This is below the legal limit of 35 micrograms of alcohol per 100 ml of breath. However, a blood test revealed 0.31 milligrams of diazepam in the defendant's system. District Judge Peter McGill disqualified the defendant for driving, from driving for 12 months and imposed a fine of £100. Robbery attempt shocking. A, mo a Monday morning attempted robbery at a Portadine pharmacy has been described as shocking 
It is understood the incident happened in the court in the court crane area of Portadine. One man was arrested and charged with attempted robbery. He was due, he was due before Arma Magistrates Court on Tuesday. A PSNI spokesperson said police in Portadine have charged a 54-year-old man with a number of offenses, including attempted robbery, in relation to an incident on Monday morning, April 24th. He is due to appear before Arma Magistrates Court on April 25th. As is usual procedure, all charges will be reviewed by the Public Prosecution Service. Gerard Green, Chief Executive of Community Pharmacy NI, said of what he called the shocking reports, no community pharmacist or their staff should be subjected to this violence or threatening behavior as they provide vital care in their communities. Local government. Former MLA and sitting ABC Borough Council Alderman Sidney Anderson was one of two retiring local government veterans for whom Monday's April monthly council meeting brought to a close their time in politics. Lord Mayor Paul Greenfield wished his DUP party colleague well in his retirement and thanked him for his years of service. He has been in this chamber since 2019, he said, and prior to that, from 2001 to 2013, he was a councillor in Craigavon, where he served as deputy mayor in 2002 to 2003 and mayor in 2008 to 2009. Personally, on behalf of the council, I want to wish you well in your retirement. I know you will not be a stranger and you will be kept busy, but you were to the forefront of many issues. I know our party has really appreciated you and wish you well for the future. Thanking everyone for their kind comments, Alderman Anderson described his time as an elected representative as an experience, but said it was one he had enjoyed. Back in the day, when Alderman Moutre and I were double jobbing, we got great fun out of it and were representing council at no expense to the rate pair. We are both back here now, and although it has only been four years, I have enjoyed it. Since being first elected in 2001, and also during his time as an MLA, it had been an immense honour and privilege to represent constituents, he said. Throughout my time in elected politics, I have always tried to the best of my ability to help my constituents, he added. For me, politics has always been about representing the needs of your community. And if I was able to achieve any positive outcome at any time, that made the job worthwhile. A UUP councillor has pledged that if re-elected every Ulster Unionist in the chamber will support an SDLP councillor's campaign for adequate toilet provision at council facilities. Councillor Julie Flaherty spoke up at the council's April monthly meeting on Monday after SDLP councillor Declan McElinden urged continuing frustration at a lack of toilet facilities at Oxford Island. Having lobbied for the toilets near the play park for three years, I am still receiving the same response about surveys, said Councillor McElinden. I totally understand and respect our officers' advice about the need to protect our wildlife, but we must have adequate toilet facilities to accommodate the large number of people visiting the sites. 
At the weekend, I witnessed a young lady with a young child coming out of the old derelict buildings, going to the toilet. <clears throat> I went over to the Discovery Centre and discovered the toilets were out of order. It is getting beyond ridiculous. Having spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on new facilities, we can't provide simple toilet facilities. Whatever happens on May the 18th going forward, I hope Oxford Island is still on the agenda and whoever takes up the mantle should keep it in the spotlight. Lord Mayor uh, Paul Greenfield said, it is certainly something that we will need to be looking at. Councillor Flaherty said everyone knew her position on the need for adequate toilet provision at council facilities and Councillor McLennan could be sure every UUP councillor returned would fully supportive, is fully supportive of the campaign. There is no point in us building, building these state-of-the-art play parks without the matching facilities, she said. It just does not make sense to me. There is a brand new accessible seesaw going in, the first of this kind in the borough. It has been so hard fought for, and I am sure we will make a lot of noise about it. Yet despite this, we don't have adequate parking or adequate, adequate disabled parking facilities, nor do we have toilet facilities in the area. We are encouraging families and children to go to these places, but what do they do when they are there? I will tell you simply, do not go. You can take it as a promise from me and my colleagues who are able to return after May the 18th. We will take this campaign on with you. ABC Borough Council has paid tribute to Alderman Jim Spears, whose political career drew to a close after 46 years at the local authorities' April monthly meeting on Monday. Lord Mayor Councillor Paul Greenfield paid tribute to the UUP group leader and his many achievements, saying, You have been a party leader for a considerable time and have been through some difficult times in our history. In 1999, you were awarded an MBE for your services to local government. You got that award over 20 years ago. You have done quite a bit since then, so on behalf of all the members and our staff, we want to wish you a very long and happy retirement. Deputy Lord Mayor Councillor Tim McClelland told the Chamber he knew the wider Spears family very well and wished the Alderman all the best in his retirement. Thanking everyone, Alderman Spears reflected on sad times and happier ones and said he had always taken tremendous privilege and enjoyment out of what he has been able to do for the local community. In 1977, I was persuaded to allow my name to go forward and in the first count, I got 701 votes and I am glad to know Cindy, Sydney Anderson was one of those, said Alderman Spears. He was obviously a wise man then. I am not so sure what happened in the interim, but in any event, I want to thank him and all those 700 other people on that occasion. He spoke of his passion for Armagh and explained the return of city status to Armagh 
was something he felt he could be described as a major achievement and a campaign he was most proud of. I always endeavoured to work with those around me, he added. You usually find you can create a situation where it is a win-win for two people and the battle is halved. I find that a fairly good model to work by and it is something that certainly worked well on our Mass City and District Council. Thanking all the councillors and officers he had worked with throughout the years, the UUP group leader said he was looking forward to discovering life after politics, though he still intended to be an active part of the community. Politics and council has been my life for all these years, he said. But someone told me there is a life after this, and I hope there is. I am looking forward to it. I have enjoyed what I have done, and I still intend to work hard within the community. I haven't gone away, you know. Death, deaths in the community, and it says here about Agnew, 20th April 2023, peacefully in Craigavon Area Hospital, late of Ulsterville Park, Portadown. Eric, devoted husband of the late Hillary, cherished father of Billy and Eric, also a much adored granda, house and funeral private. And it also says here about Leckley, Lecky. John, 19th April 2023, peacefully at home, surrounded by his adored family. Devoted husband of Violet, adoring father to Valerie, Gillian, Tom, Joanne and John. Dearest father-in-law of Stuart, Paul, Gail, Linda and the late Doral. Wonderful grandfather and great-grandfather. House strictly private. Funeral service has taken place. Porterdown GP Dr. Ronald Withers, who died in January last, was a well-known and highly respected man who had served the community in Porterdown for 30 years. Apart from a period of university education and medical training, he lived at Ballylisk for his entire life. <clears throat> he attended Mullavilly Primary School and Porterdown College and undertook his medical education at Queen's University, Belfast, followed by the necessary practical training at Belfast City Hospital, Newton Arts Hospital, and Purdysburn Mental Hospital, before returning to serve in the Riverside practice in Portadown. He was the son of Sam and Letty Withers, and had an elder brother, Brian, but unfortunately, his father died suddenly when Ronnie was only 12 years old. Whilst at Queen's University, he met and married Joan Thompson from Newton Arts, and they had four sons and ten grandchildren, of whom he was extremely proud. His family was the mainstay, the mainstay of his life. He was a dedicated doctor taking a particular interest in those living in difficult circumstances and always kept in touch with the latest developments and treatments which could help his patients. Indeed, he was very knowledgeable about a wide range of subjects. Outside of work and family life, his main interest was in sport and he played cricket for Laurelville, rugby for Portadown and at Queen's University 
and he was a member of Portadown Golf Club, where he played until illness brought his sporting life to a close. Johnny was a kind and generous man and bore his long illness as he lived his life quietly and graciously. Dr. Withers died peacefully on January the 1st, 2023, at his home on the Portadown Road, Tandragee. He was the devoted husband of Joan, treasured father of Jonathan, Benjamin, Daniel, and Adam, father-in-law of Laura, Jane, Tanya, and Rosalie, also a much-loved papa, pa uh, Papa Ron, to Annie, Martha, Leo, Oliver, Anna, James, Thomas, Amelia, Elizabeth and Charlotte. A private service was held for Dr. Ronnie at Thomas Street Methodist Church with a private committal following. The family requested family flowers only with donations for the benefit of Mary Curie via www.millenfuneralservices.uk Donate uh, or checks made payable to Marie Curie and Kerr Millen Funeral Services, 59 Seagove Road, Portadown. Mourners at Portadown Teen, Glenn Montgomery's funeral last Thursday, heard he was someone who was full of fun, who loved people, loved life and lived it to the full. Glenn died at the scene of a collision on Portadown's Moy Road in the early hours of Sunday morning, April 16th. Reverend Michael Anderson of Arklow Presbyterian Church, mm. County Wicklow, conducted the service at Vinnie Cash Presbyterian Church for the son of his cousin, Hugh Montgomery. He said of Glenn, calm in a crisis, with great patience he would be prepared to fitter and fix for hours in order to get something working, even right up to last Saturday when he finally got his grandfather's old tractor up and running after it sat for 40 years in the shed. Glenn was someone who looked out for other people. That kindness and generosity was shown in the fact that Glenn loved nothing more than to spend time with his sister Millie and brothers Matthew and Danny. He taught Matthew how to box so that he would never be bullied at school. He taught Danny how to ride a bike and he would take Millie out in the field car and so officially will always be the one who taught her to drive. The cleric said Glenn had become a gifted joiner and an accomplished sportsman, captaining his school rugby team and representing Portadown Rugby Club from minis right the way up to their senior teams. He loved Blairy Young Farmers Club and had recently followed in his family's footsteps by becoming a member of the Diamond Grange Orange Lodge. His tragic, sudden and untimely death has left his family, his friends and the entire community devastated because we have lost someone with whom we love deeply. And now we're into sport. Glenavon boss Gary Hamilton hailed Andrew Doyle as one of the best I've had in my time at the club after the defenders scored in their 3-1 victory over Carrick Rangers. Doyle is approaching the swan song of his Lurgan Blues career with knee injuries forcing him to miss the majority of this season. But he opened the scoring on Saturday to help Glenavon extend their unbeaten run to nine matches. The 32-year-old started out with Ballyclare comrades before spending the season with Carrick, 
and arrived at Warmview Park in 2016. Doyle was outstanding, Hamilton told Glenavon's Club Media. He won every header, his decision-making was brilliant, and it's such a pity that he has a bad knee and it's causing him to have to retire at the end of the year in terms of playing at this level. It's a sin because you will never meet a more dedicated professional. Dedicated professional. He's one of the best I've had in my time at the club. He loves the club. Will give you everything and if you ask him to play on one leg, he will do it. He will never let you down. He's as honest as they come and I love him to bits. I always have done and that will never change. He's someone I would love to keep at the club but he has stated he wants to go and play for his local team for a year. He hasn't been training with us and to go out and play like that after not playing for two or three months and cap it off with a goal, I was delighted. He will play again next week against Fora Down. I'm delighted that in one of his final few matches for the club, he was able to grab that goal and it was a pleasing moment for myself too. He has been a huge for me, huge in the changing rooms and huge and massive on the training ground because he sets the tone. He trains as if he's playing and wants to win at all costs, which rubs off on other people. He's an infectious person to have around the place and he was excellent. In the other Dansky Bank uh, Premiership Group B match played on Saturday, Newry City secured their top flight status for another season by drawing a 2-2 with Ballymena United. Sky Blue striker Ryan Wade scored a brace to put Brave Jeffries, David Jeffrey men ahead twice, but goals from James Thielen and Donald Scullion ensured honours finished even. A heartbroken and emotional Niall Curry remained defiant that he would get Porter down straight back up to the Premiership after watching his side suffer relegation. The Port's quest to avoid the drop fell short as they were beaten 3-2 by Dungannon Swifts at Stangmore Park. The hosts were the better side in the opening half half an hour, and took the lead when Ethan McGee headed in from James Knowles' corner kick. However, Portadown would grow into the contest and equalised on 58 minutes, as Paul McElroy poked home from close range. The goals kept on coming as Jordan Jenkins gave the Swifts the lead, with 62 minutes played, but back came Portadown as Michael Roy added his second of the afternoon, just five minutes later. A fifth and decisive goal would go the way of the Swifts as Corey Smith's cross was prodded in by Michael O'Connor to condemn Portadown to championship football season next season. Loggall Golf Club welcomes captain. Ladies at Loggall Golf Club have welcomed their their incoming lady captain, Kathy Owens, on her big year. Kathy was elected to represent Loch Ladies' section by past lady captain Pauline 
McCardle. A club spokesperson said, Pauline showed great leadership and organizational skills with the help and encouragement from our now lady Captain Kathy. Kathy will take on the gunlet and will lead us with our golfing and social matters and represent Logal ladies with great dedication. All the best, Kathy. Meanwhile, Logal ladies and men's sections are wishing Lorraine Abbott and Lynn Coote the very best of luck as they compete at St. Andrews in the grand final of the R&A Coronation Foursomes on Tuesday, May 2nd. Lynn and Lorraine competed as a team and won the Northern Ireland Area Final at Hollywood Golf Club last August and now go head-to-head -head against the other finalists. Lurgan A started their Division 1 campaign away to Curran A in Larne, where a number of last-minute absences meant a team reshuffle ahead of a game that was played in continuous rain. Rink 1's Dick McLoon, Geoffrey McCullough, Ian Ferguson and Alan Roberts met Ryan Jingles, home rink. After five ends, the Lurgan 4 were up 4-3, but the home rink picked up seven shots to three to lead 10-7 at the halfway stage. Over the remainder of the game, Lurgan only scored five shots to Curran's 14, leaving the rink 24-12 down at close of play. Robert Kennedy, Robert Dorman, making his A-team debut, Alan Briggs and Ronan Cragen faced Matthew Lindsay on rink two. Lurgan were slow to start and after 13 ends were nine shots adrift, 14-5. Lurgan's Cragen shortened the jack with immense results, his rink scoring six shots to one over the remaining ends, but it wasn't enough to overhaul the deficit. Final score, 15-11. to 11. Rinks three, Niall Sloan, Terry Miller, Peter Dew and Sam McCombs faced a rink skipped by Ross Wallace in a tight game where Curran led 8-7 at halfway. Lurgan built up a 10-14 lead at 15 ends and led 14-15 going into the last end, but dropped three shots to lose 17-15. Rink 4's Luke Donaldson, Eiling Robson, Peter Ruffled and John Gilliland against Ian Jingle's home rink were Lurgan's only successes of the day, leading 5-7 at halfway and increasing their lead by a further two shots to win 12-16. Lurgan Blue travelled to Dremore for the first veterans fixture of the year. The home team started well on both rinks and after, after several ends were up by a few shots. On the eighth end, Alan Briggs's rink picked up a four to go in front for the first time, but Dremore replied with a four to go ahead by one. The next end saw Briggs's rink level at nine all, but Dremore picked up a three on the next end and never looked back. Even though the Lurgan rink would often have the shot, an outstanding performance from the home skip would eventually be the difference between the two sides with the final scores of 18 to 11. On Sam McCombs rink, the game was close with the score level at 12 ends. However, the home team picked up seven shots over two ends and continued to pull ahead. 
with the score at 19 to 12 on the last end the away team were lying one shot with the bowl right in front of the jack and had all the back bowls. The Lurgan skip drove at his own bowl in an attempt to drive the jack to the back of the rink. He was close but a little tight. David Graham home skip played a covering bowl and Sam stepped up again. This time his drive was measured to perfection. His bowl resting on the laying bowl and it onto the jack, pushing it to the back of the rink. When the dust settled, six bowls were counted out, leaving the rink down by one. But what a shot it was. Lurgan Red won their first match of the season in Zone B Section 4 at home to neighbours Portadown with a confident seven-shot victory to take six points to their opponent's four. Neil Harvey, Robert Cahoon, Dick McLoon and Billy Strain on rink one took the first half by storm with great bowling to go into a 10-1 lead against Eric McCartney's rink, Portadown. Portadown attempted uh, a comeback but the home ring succeeded in restricting them to five end wins to win by 20 to nine. On ring two, Robert Dorman, Stanley Watson, Peter Ruffold and Alan Roberts had a tough encounter with Billy Martin's rink to be 10 nil down at the midpoint and behind 16 to five going to the last two ends. Knowing that a Lurgan Red win was in jeopardy, Roberts marshalled his troops to play some brilliant bowls and take seven shots off the last two ends. Now we have some coronation news. The coronation ceremony is an occasion for pageantry and celebration, but it is also a solemn religious ceremony and has remained essentially the same for over a thousand years notestheroyal.co.uk website. For the last 900 years, the ceremony has taken place at Westminster Abbey, London. The service is conducted by the Archbishop of Canterbury, whose task this has almost always been since the Norman Conquest in 1066. The Royal website notes that the coronation of the new sovereign follows some months after his or her succession, following a period of mourning and as a result of the enormous amount of preparation required to organise the ceremony. Present at the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II were representatives of the Houses of Parliament, Church and State, Prime Ministers and leading citizens from the Commonwealth and representatives of other countries also attended. During the ceremony, the Sovereign takes the coronation oath the form and wording have varied over the centuries. Queen Elizabeth II undertook to rule according to law, to exercise justice with mercy. Promises symbolised by the four swords in the coronation regalia and to maintain the Church of England. There are a number of events to celebrate the coronation of King Charles III and Queen Camilla being held in the borough. Tickets are sold out for a May the 3rd coronation tea party hosted at the Seagull Hotel by Lord Mayor Paul Greenfield and Deputy Lord Mayor Tim McClelland. 
but the council has also supported a number of community organized events through the financial assistance program and is currently working in partnership with St. Patrick's Church of Ireland Cathedral on a coronation ceremony on Tuesday 2nd of May. Brownstown Owners and Tenants Association, a royal night out in Portadown Town Hall on May the 6th is open to everyone. Advanced booking and ticket is required. BOATA Facebook page at boata at hotmail.co.uk for more information. The association will hold an old school afternoon tea event with music and entertainment by local people, including a vocal group, children's choir, musical performance, poetry and a tea dance. Craig Alvin Protestant Boys Flute Band will host a coronation parade and band competition through Lurgan Town Centre on the evening of the coronation, May 6th. The band will leave from Mournview Community Centre at 6.45pm along the route Knockshee, Mourn Road, Russell Drive, Trasnaway, Connolly Place and into Union Street for 7pm where members of the Loyal Orders will fall in and parade the town. High Street, Market Street, War Memorial, Market Street, High Street, Queen Street, Flush Place, Queen Street, High Street and back to Union Street where the band competition parade begins at 8pm sharp. The Royal British Legion in Union Street, Lurgan has issued an open invitation to view the once-in-a-lifetime event on the big screen in the McFazden Room. Doors open at 10am for complimentary tea, coffee and scones with televised coverage throughout Bar opens at 12 noon. At 2.30pm, a commemorative coronation plaque will be unveiled outside the club, followed by the formal dedication of the McFazian Room to mark the 40th anniversary of the opening of the club rooms on 7th of May 1983. Complimentary tea, coffee and sandwiches from 3pm, a free-to-enter royal table quiz at 4pm and 9.30pm, the group to right will be playing. Rich Hill Presbyterian Church Tuesday Club is holding a tea party on May 2nd from 2.30pm. A Dollingstown Orange Lodge has unveiled a memorial to Queen Elizabeth II, who died last September after a reign of more than 70 years. DUP MP Carla Lockhart congratulated Wycliffe's invincible morning star LOL 62 Darlingstown after they unveiled a mural, lambeg drum and memorial bench as a tribute to the Queen. Speaking after the launch, the upper band <coughs> MP said, I must commend Bruce Kidd, Clifford Kidd, Kid and all the brethren of Wycliffe's Invincible Morning Star LOL 62 for providing such a fitting memorial to a much-loved and greatly respect respected Queen, Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The mural, lambeg drum and bench will be a lasting reminder of Her Late Majesty and as one would expect, all aspects of this commemoration have been completed to the very high standard. The Lodge has provided a, a beautiful tribu tribute for the entire community. Now we have general news. Portadown Farm, the deluxe group, which specialises in creative theme parks and experience projects, 
has secured more than $40 million worth of export contracts with top U.S. clients and is investing in £1.5 million in expanding locally. At the helm is our man Colm O'Farrell, Executive Chairman and the son of Colm O'Farrell Sr., now retired, who set the company up in 1969. The firm considers itself one of Northern Ireland's best-kept secrets and has catapulted the area onto the world stage for experienced products and interior fit-out for the hospitality, residential, cruise and theme park sectors. It is also investing more than $1.5 million in an ambitious expansion plan, including an additional base in Antrim and new facilities in Portadown, which will more than double its workshop capacity and create 30 new jobs. It is a little-known fact that the Deluxe Group is well-versed in imaginative and revolutionary interiors for the experience sector, having recently completed high-profile projects, including sets and attractions for the Game of Thrones studio tour at Linen Mills Studios Banbridge, Hotel Transylvania, and Ghostbusters in Dubai, Jurassic World in Orlando and Mario Kart, an augmented reality giant-sized version of the computer game at Super Nintendo World in Japan, as well as the world-famous Remy's Ratatouille Adventure Dark Ride at Disneyland Paris. To accommodate this influx of top-tier orders, the Deluxe Group has opened a new 40,000-square-foot manufacturing facility adjacent to Belfast International Airport with in-house comp- um, composites, fabrication, set-building and state-of-the-art finishing facilities. Extensive demand from the United States will also see the Deluxe Group open a new facility in Orlando, Florida, the leading themed entertainment destination so it can fulfil this influx of transatlantic orders and seize long-term opportunity in the U.S. market. The company is also developing its first product for home entertainment, Pub Og, a miniature Irish pub crafted by the firm's artisans for an authentic interior finish and feel is destined for, for the U.S. home and commercial hospitality market. The Deluxe Group's team has grown to 180 staff and working in partnership with local colleges and universities, the company has invested in an apprenticeship academy and graduate scheme to ensure the pipeline of talent here is work ready and in sync with the demand for its projects across all sectors its services. A charity volunteer from Scarva has had her impressive efforts recognised with a major award from Cancer Research UK. Victoria Poole was named UK's Champion Campaigns Ambassador for the Year at a special ceremony in Belfast. She began supporting Cancer Research UK after losing her grandmother to pancreatic cancer in 2014 and her grandfather to prostate cancer in 2017. The Cancer Research UK Flame of Hope Awards honour and celebrate the outstanding achievements of the charity's most inspiring volunteers who come from all walks of life and who give their time to further the charity's vision of bringing forward the day when all cancers are cured. Victoria was selected for the honour 
from more than 800 nominations from right across the UK as the charity celebrates 20 years of the recognition programme. Having experienced firsthand the devastating impact cancer has on patients and their families, Victoria was inspired to campaign to help keep cancer issues high on the political agenda. She also wanted to accelerate progress in improving cancer outcomes and create hope for other patients and their families. During the last year, another member of Victoria's family received a devastating bladder and prostate cancer diagnosis, which saw her family again embark on a cancer journey, which has further motivated her campaigning efforts. Victoria said she was incredibly honoured at the recognition. This year will be the first time for many across the United Kingdom to witness the coronation of a new monarch, an historical, ceremonial and important occasion that brings communities together and the showcases yet again the military at its best in the performance of ceremonial duties. As a nation, we have observed over the past year historical change as we progress onwards for future generations. The Veterans Commissioner's Office for Northern Ireland would like to wish His Majesty King Charles III and our Head of the Armed Forces well on this, uh, wish him well on this, his coronation year. We are happy to share that the Northern Ireland Veterans Commissioner, Danny Kinahan, has been reappointed for another three years to champion and advocate as the voice of veterans living in Northern Ireland. Danny has been instrumental in connecting with veterans, veteran support agencies, and statutory services, working collaboratively, thus ensuring that no veteran ever feels alone or has nowhere to go for help or assistance when it is needed. Danny has been taking note of service gaps, veterans' concerns, and the fact that many veterans living in Northern Ireland simply do not know what services and assistance are out there and avail available to them. This is something that we have been striving to change. As such, the Veteran Mental Health Committee has been created Ten veteran information roadshows have taken place across Northern Ireland, including in Belfast, Londonderry, Cookstown and Inniskillen. Our office has also run exhibition initiatives to acknowledge the service of veterans here in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Furthermore, the Commissioner has been to the fore in representing the views of veterans and their families on the important and sensitive issue of legacy, making sure that those who tragically lost their lives as a result of terrorism are remembered, acknowledging that the tens of thousands of veterans who served during Operation Banner did so with great courage and dedication and did so on behalf of all our society. A sell-out power brunch held in memory of Lurgan woman Natalie McNally is giving Women's Aid a valuable fundraising boost. Event organisers Gemma Doran, Jane Doran and Holly Donnelly 
aimed to do good in Natalie's name by fundraising for the charity chosen by her parents, Noel and Bernie, and brothers Brendan, Declan and Niall. They stressed they wanted Natalie to be remembered for the lovely person she was, rather than how she died. Tickets for the power brunch held in the corner house Lurgan sold out very quickly, they said. However, a grand online raffle with fabulous prizes which had been generously donated allowed many more people to support the worthy cause in Natalie's memory. Saturday's event brought women together to remember Natalie for the wonderful, beautiful and empowering lady she really was, having fun together and enjoying each other's company, along with guest speakers, tasty food and spot prizes. So far, more than £9,300 has been raised through the raffle for Women's Aid. The Troubles Permanent Disablement Payment Scheme is overseen by Victims Payment Board and housed within the Department of Justice. It acknowledges the harm suffered by those injured in the Northern Ireland Troubles. The scheme can provide payments to those who have suffered a permanent disability, physical or psychological, as a result of an injury caused through no fault of their own in an incident related to the Northern Ireland Troubles. An individual's application will need to meet a number of criteria to be entitled to payments. For example, an injury caused by a trouble-related incident must have resulted in a permanent disability level of at least 14% as assessed by a suitably qualified healthcare professional. SEFF's Director of Services, Kenny Donaldson, explained support for making an application can be made through our group. We will assist you with making the application and support you throughout the process. We will aim to give you a professional and empathetic service throughout. Lurgan Park Fun Run event organisers, Tony McCone and McKeever Sports, presented Deirdre Breen from Southern Area Hospice Lurgan Support Group with a cheque for £5,600 raised at the annual fun run on the 26th of March. Since the fundraising event began in 2014, it has raised more than £61,000 for local hospice care. Southern Area Hospice would like to express their sincere thanks to the event organisers and to all those who took part for raising such a fantastic amount for hospice care, a spokesperson said. A Porterdown man has published a new book on his celebrated uncle, William Scott, one of David Bowie's favourite artists. For author Cardwell McClure, the book, which also records the stories of other members of William Scott's family, including the artist's son and Oscar-winning movie director, it is the culmination of a decade-long labour of love. Scott, who died at his home near Bath in 1989, at the age of 76, after living with Alzheimer's for several years, is recognised as one of the UK's foremost painters, and his work can be found in public collections around the world, including the Tate, the Guggenheim and the Metropolitan. A section of Cardwell's lavishly illustrated book, William Scott, A Family History, deals with the Bowie connection. It says that in 1993, Bowie bought a 1938 figurative Scott painting called Girl Seated at Table for £1,500. In 
for £45,000, four times its estimated auction price. After Bowie's death in 2016, it sold at Sotheby's for £337,000. Still Life number 2, a painting by Scott from 1956, which was also in Bowie's collection, sold at Sotheby's for more than £300,000. Cardwell, who has written a number of books, including histories of Portadown Gasworks, the town's foundry and the Edenderry area of Portadown, has also produced a separate booklet outlining the Scott family tree. NIE Networks has announced plans to invest in excess of £3 billion in an electricity network over the next 10 years, in the process creating more than 1,000 new jobs. The company said that the aim of the spend is to facilitate Northern Ireland's net-zero carbon future. At a recent business briefing, stakeholders heard that this is the minimum level of investment required in an electricity network to meet Northern Ireland's climate change commitments. NIE Networks Managing Director Derek Hines said, A significant step change is needed in the level of investment required during the next 10 years and beyond to facilitate the scale of decarbonisation mandated in the Northern Ireland climate change legislation. These are investments that will provide increased network capacity to enable our customers to connect to low-carbon technologies such as electric vehicles, solar panels and heat pumps. We will also need to invest to provide the network capacity needed to meet government targets for a greater proportion of electricity to consistently and reliably come from renewable sources. NIE networks say the investment will not only deliver an electricity network fit to facilitate net zero, but will create greater prosperity in Northern Ireland. Mr Hines said, We believe that we will need to create 1,000 new jobs, including 400 apprenticeships in NIE networks, and up to 500 new jobs in our contractors and support partners between now and 2030. This level of investment will also attract additional inward investment into Northern Ireland, alongside encouraging new businesses to come here and existing businesses to grow. Are you the next One Direction? Could you be the next Ed Sheeran? Now is your opportunity to showcase your talent at the 2023 Craigavon and District Stars in Their Eyes. Open to all young people aged from 9 to 15, the competition is an opportunity for local talent. Build as the Craigavon and District star-struck stars in their eyes and musical theatre star, the show is back for 2023. It's your chance to dress up and perform as your favourite pop star or pop group or your favourite musical theatre act, a spokesperson said. Auditions are in Lurgantown Hall on Saturday, April 29th from half 11 to half 12 p.m. and in Portadown Town Hall from 2 to 3 p.m. The auditions are open to solo, singers, duets and groups from Lurgan, Portadown, Craig Avon and the surrounding areas. Top prizes for the top five acts. The grand final is Friday 2nd of June 2023. Lurgan Course Angling Club was crowned World Feeder Club Champion at the international event at Mukno at the weekend. Johnny McKinley, captain of the team, described it as an epic week. The match was at Loch Mukno Castle Blaney in Monaghan, with 28 teams taking part over seven days. Mr McKinley said, 
Words can't really subscribe what these bunch of lads have achieved this week. We worked together from day one as a team and went about our business in a professional way. All the days travelling up and down for practice and working things out put us, put us in this position to have a go against the best feeder anglers in the world. To win day one, we would have walked away happy. But to win the gold medal and be crowned the world club feeder champions, words cannot describe how happy I am. The club my dad started 41 years ago, along with Gordy Clayton, Gordy Kerr, Willie Russell and Brian McShane, to name but a few, who sadly are no longer with us. This is for you and everyone who helped support us over the week. Taking part were Johnny McKinley, who's captain, Philip Jackson, Jim McAllister, Johnny Keith, David Barron, Kevin McGuire, with captains Jeffrey McKinley, Philly Harden and Stephen Wright. One supporter said, Well done to you and all the lads. I know the hard work you all put in and it's only just that, that you all got the reward, that you did say I at the, all the time. A great club with a great bunch of lads. Cologne Young Farmers Club is celebrating after being crowned Club of the Year at the Young Farmers Clubs of Ulster Annual General Meeting for the second year in a row, winning the Anne Cameron Cup. A spokesperson for the club described it as a huge achievement and said each and every member had played a part in the club's achievement. A special mention must also go to club leader Harry Chambers and club secretary Karen Walker, along with the rest of the officials and the committee, for all their hard work to make the club a success. Further awards at the AGM also saw Sophie Hawthorne awarded PRO of the Year, while Karen Walker was placed third for Secretary of the Year. The club was also successful in winning the JD, JK Dobbs Trophy for proficiency in competitions at ages 14 to 18, as well as receiving the Environmental Award. In the President's Award scheme, Grace Ross was placed third in 12 to 14 group, Grace George placed second in 14 to 16, Rebecca George placed first in 14 to 16, and Karen Walker placed third in 18 to 21. Grace George also received the award for Junior Ulster Young Farmer. These were all fantastic achievements for the club and its members, the spokesperson said. Furthermore, past club leader and current committee member Matthew Livingstone was elected as vice president of the YFCU AGM. This was a fantastic achievement for such a valued and dedicated member of the club who will no doubt excel in his new role. An amazing sum of more than £29,000 has been raised for the Southern Area Hospital through a big bucket collection in towns including Lurgan and Portadown. The total of £29,177.40 was raised during the collection on Friday, March the 24th, with 207 volunteers who took to the streets across the Southern Trust with the aim to raise £30,000. Fundraising officer James McCaffrey said, We were so close to reaching this year's target, but we're still over the moon with our final total raised in one day. 
We are truly amazed and thankful for the community's outstanding support shown to us. Fundraising officer Sarah O'Hare said it's amazing what we've raised in just one day for the hospice. It's down to our wonderful volunteers who donated their valuable time to collect on our behalf. The weather was not on our side that day, so we cannot thank them enough. Likewise, every single person who donated on the day. We're also so grateful for local shops who allowed us to hold collections in their stores as well. It really all adds up. Southern Area Hospice Services provide invaluable specialist palliative care and support to adults who live primarily within the Southern Trust area and must raise 3.2 million per year to continue its vital specialist care and services. To find out more and to become a registered volunteer for the Southern Area Hospice, go to southernareahospiceservices.org. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadine Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of their studio. Um, special mention must be made of um, Nathan, who we said goodbye to today, who is moving to Kilkeel, and we thank him for his um, time over the years. Uh, editing the news this week were Patricia and William. Our technician was William. And reading with me this week were Nathan, Roberta, Patricia and John. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Carol signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet. Sound News is a Craig Avon talking newspaper production. <laughs>